2: That is the greatest glory because it's with Christ who never dies. It's with Christ that promises you everything. It is with Christ that gives you the and best and only life. All this stuff is just, well, frankly, for Christians, this is our hell. This is the worst it's going to get for us. No matter how bad it might get for you here, this is your hell. But for those of you on the outside, remember we started the message and you're looking in, this is our hell. Bad enough, I get it. But we're going to heaven. But for you that are looking in, and I say this, I wish you could look, right, you, look you right in the eye and say this, but for you, this is your heaven. This is the best you get. And so I want to offer to you that you would come over the line and place your faith in Christ so you can now have the hope and the glory of the Lord. Oh, it is such a preciousness. Now go back to the passage because there's a neat little phrase in here I found and it just came off the page. It says, and we exalt in the hope of the glory of the Lord. I get that. Then verse 3 says, and not only this, but we also, blah, 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 blah. If you will, I'll get to the blah, blah, blahs in a moment here. You'll get get that. Stay there, if you will, and now flip a little bit further in the passage. Go to verse 11. It says this. And not only this, but we also, and it keeps, uh, and I get this, and we also get that. The more I read here, and if you go through Scripture, take that phrase, and not only this and with this and not only this and with this look at those phrases to me it's like you get this but not only that you get more than that you get this and you you get that but you get more than that you get that I know I'm pretty excited but it's kind of like have you ever watched a game show on television and somebody wins something and they say and look what you won ba 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 and then they say and not only that you get this ba 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 and not only that you get this and of course my Fractured mind, I'm saying, yeah, and you also get the tax bill and all that too, all right? But with the Lord, you not only get this, you get this, you get this, you get this, but there's no tax bill. I paid it all and it's all for you. So when you trust Christ as Savior, you have far more than fire insurance in your life. You have all of this. You get more than this. And I love this. And not only this. What is this new one? In our problems, they take on a new a wonderful new purpose. Go back to verse three, and not only this, but we exalt in our tribulation, not because of them. I'm not going to brag about all my tribulations. Watch this. I'm not going to brag about how much pain I'm in. I'm not going to, you know, uh, whine and all that. But in my tribulation. I'm going to go through this because of what I'm going to get because of my tribulation. So now because of my tribulation and what's happening in me, I am now changing from the inside out. Look what it says. I have a new purpose because of my tribulation. Knowing that, underline the word knowing, knowing this. Now Paul could say that. He went through tribulation. Read it in 2 Corinthians. It's an incredible amount of persecution he's gone through. It says knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. That would be like patience, long-suffering, perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. So once I get perseverance, and if I went through this long enough, it will change me again from the inside out. So the tribulation is outside. I am now going to man up with it, with perseverance, knowing that as long as I persevere, my character is going to get stronger and stronger. And when I do this, I'm going to have greater and greater hope, and I'm going to have hope. So there's a progression going on here, and you can put that in your notes if you want to my tribulation then from that I get perseverance from perseverance I have proven character proven character I have hope and all that's coming at me and I'm going to exalt in all this I am going to praise God I'm going to tell others about all this because what I've really learned now if you don't mind I'm going to ask you a question I only wish that we had the time and you had the courage that I could pass a microphone amongst us here and let you tell us about some of the tremendous tribulation you have gone through in your life And all that tribulation has come. You didn't abandon your faith. You stayed with it. You knew God was large and in charge. I don't care how dark the storm clouds were. You still knew that the sun was still shining above the clouds and they're going to part sooner or later, maybe here, maybe in heaven, but it's all going to be gone. So you're persevering. And because of that, you now can look back As a direct result of that tribulation, you are a different man, a different woman, a different boy, a different girl. And you could say it was because of that sandpaper event in my life. And I was willing not to move away from the sandpaper because God was going to make a beautiful piece of furniture out of me, at least on the inside. And with all of that, I can look back and say, you know what? I have hope now. Watch. The hope is I look back to see what he has done to now give me the motivation to look forward to what he will do in the future in my life for him. So it's a four-way street. Tribulation, perseverance, character, proven character. I mean, it's been tested character. It's not just you get character. It's proven. By the way, I will tell you that, you know, if you, if you don't have tribulation, how will we have perseverance? You can't persevere without tribulation. Are you still with me? I'm going to split the hair right now. I want you to be prepared for this. It is highly likely that the tribulation he is speaking here is so different than the tribulation that you and I go through. You might say, well, this ought to be interesting. What kind of thing could it be different than what I'm going through right now? Because I believe this is more talking about the very fact that Paul took a stand for Christ. And his tribulation came as a direct relationship from him being a Christ follower. By choosing to make the decisions in his life to be Christ-like in the midst of a pre-modern world, we might say. And because of that, he suffered a tremendous amount of persecution. Do you remember I told you when you ought to go to 1 Corinthians, look at all the stuff that Paul went through? If you look at all that he went through, spending a night and a day in the deep and all this kind of stuff, all of the things he went through was directly related to the fact that he went public with his faith. He went public with his surrender to Christ as we sung about this morning. And because of that, quote, all hell broke loose against him. And with all of that, he persevered. He never gave up. With all of that, he became stronger and better as a Christian with character. And because of all of that, he can preach and live and have hope in his life. And so all of that is for you and me. And that is one of the benefits. Watch this. It gives all the suffering you go through a reason. So it's not like, here it comes again. Here it comes again. I talked to a person on the phone recently, and he said, would you please pray for our son? He's 44. He worked real hard to get his license to sell insurance, and when he did, they denied him to get that. And so now he is a 44-year-old man without a job, with a family, and he just can't ever get... He, he said, ever since my son was born, it was like a black cloud went over his life. Have you ever felt like that? Do you know someone like that? And maybe that black cloud God was trying to use to... Bring some perseverance in your life. Bring you to Christ. Humble yourself beneath the mighty hand of God. Recognize who he is in your life. Allow him to change you. Allow you to rejoice even in the midst of that suffering. Maybe he has a black cloud because he still hasn't learned his lesson. I don't know. I can't judge and I'm not going to marginalize him. I'm just going to say that when I go through those black cloud moments, I want to make sure that I don't lose whatever God wants for me because I'm going to tell you that all that suffering breeds maturity in my life. Hold your place here and look at James. This passage I'm about to give you in James is a worthy passage to memorize as a companion passage to what we've been teaching on. James chapter 1. Look at this. It's very, very rich. It's very, very uh, helpful for us to understand about Christ and all the suffering we go through. Let me read it to you quickly. It's going to just be a couple verses, but it's so powerful. Verse 2 says, Consider it all joy, exalt, exaltation, my brethren, When you encounter various trials, temptations... Knowing that the testing of your faith... Produces what? Endurance, perseverance. And let perseverance, endurance, have its perfect result... So that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. See how it goes? You go through all of this stuff, you have joy in it all... And it's producing spiritual maturity in your life. Go to verse 12, same chapter, same book. Blessed is the man who perseveres under the trial... For once he has been approved, proven character... He will receive the crown of life, which means not only are you going to have character in this life, but you're going to have a special crown and a reward in the next life that has been promised to those who really love him. Which now, it is my belief, watch this now, it's going to get real deep, watch. It's merely, you look at these truths and you say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, like biting the bullet. Or you can say, you know what? Jesus died for me. I love him for what he's done for me. So now I'm motivated by my intimacy with him. So I love him. And by my love for him helps me now to endure during the trials, to have joy while I have the trials, to allow those trials to change my life with proven character and being approved all because I love him. And by my love for him, God's going to give me also a reward in heaven, which means again, you may not get healed. You may not get a job. Your kids may not come back to the Lord. But for you that will persevere at the end of all of this, you still have a crown waiting for you in heaven because you never gave up the faith, you still lived your life in full surrender to him as a Christian. Remember, this message is for Christians. Let's look at the fifth one now. This is the fifth link. A little bit longer passage, but basically it's because we've been given unconditional love through the Holy Spirit. Follow along, if you will, back in Romans, and let's see how this opens up to us in a very special way. Beginning at verse 5, it says... And hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that. Been poured out to us. Now verse 6. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, the right time would be the time in history. All the events had to be done ahead of time. He had to fulfill prophecy. Everything occurred according to a timeline of God. So everything happened at the right time in history. Now, In a practical way for you and me, we were saved at the right time. Some of you might say, I wish I was saved when I was younger. Well, whatever it was that you weren't saved when you were younger, God still wants you to use whatever you didn't have earlier as a testimony for what you can now use for the future. Do you need an example? I'll give you the Apostle Paul. He hated Christians. He was there holding the cloaks of people who killed Christians. He drugged Christians away to jail because he loved God, but he didn't love Jesus Christ. Christ came into his life. He trusted Christ as his Savior. And the rest of his life, he could say, Look, you want to see God's grace? Look at me. You want to see God's mercy? Look at me. I'm an object lesson of his grace and mercy. So see, look what I've been saved from, and I'm saved. Too. So it doesn't matter at the right time, the right time you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now use it for his glory. But that's not all. Verse seven says, For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good guy, someone would even dare to die. You know, if, you know, I'll die for my wife if I knew something was going wrong ha- happening to her. I, I don't want something to happen to my wife. All you men would do the same thing. But I don't know if I'd jump in front of a bullet for some guy I don't like, you know. So it's a, it's a tough thing. But verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, it's like saying, And not only this, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from his wrath through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. And not only that, having been reconciled, will be saved by his life. Do you see how it keeps building and building and building? We get all of this stuff. It's like you get ice cream and someone puts one little tiny sprinkle on it. No, no, a little bit more. No, no, a little bit more. A little bit more. And he keeps adding more to our life because he loves us all in the person and the work of Christ. You have your pens ready? Look what else it says. Verse 6. He did all of this. My salvation. It says, While we were still helpless without power. Number 2. Verse 8 while we were yet sinners. So we're powerless. We can't save ourselves. While we were yet still in the act of sinning, Christ died for us, verse 10, for it while we were enemies. So not only were we a sinner, we were still an enemy. And it was through God's grace and through Christ's death and resurrection on the cross, we are reconciled by what he's done for us. So we were helpless, sinners, and enemies. And all of that came to Christ. Now look up here for just a second. I don't know where you are in your own mind with you and God. You are an enemy if you haven't trusted Christ. I'm not here to beat you you over the head with that. I want you to know this, that when you tell some people that, some people will not come to Christ because they feel I'm just too bad to get saved. There is no way God would ever allow me to go to heaven. You do not know what I've done in the past. And I don't need to know, and I don't really want to know. God knows what you've done in the past. But here's the important thing. When you are helpless, a sinner, and you are an enemy, no matter how your past was, whatever you've done, you are never so bad that you are un- redeemable, that you are unreconcilable, that you are unsavable, unforgivable. I want you, no matter what you've gone through, that no matter how bad it is, no matter how flame of your life of depravity was, in God's timing, according to Scripture here, by faith alone in Him, that God's grace will overwhelm and wash away whatever that sin was. Now, watch what He doesn't do. He doesn't take away the consequences, though. Paul had to live with those consequences. And his whole ministry was based upon people who still didn't believe he was an apostle because he did all this stuff. So again, I want you to know you'll still live with all of that, but God can overrule it in your life. That is grace. That's what happens when you come into faith. That's a lasting benefit of placing your faith in Jesus Christ. But here's the last one, and I'll close with this. The sixth and final link is found, again, in verse 9 through 11. And that was that we have eternal life, and I want to add something to that, and that is that we have eternal life, but it's also a secure eternal life. We have eternal security. Verse 9 says, Much more than having been justified by his blood, not by my blood, my works, my money, my good deeds, but by what he did for me on the cross, that's what the blood is, the death and resurrection, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. That means we will never lose our salvation. We are saved from God's wrath, his damnation, his eternal hell, all right? They'll never be a part of that. Verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, not while we cleaned up our act and then finally we were reconciled. He said, While we are in the very act of sinning, while we are in the very act of being His enemy, we were reconciled, the wall was torn down, we have access to God, our sins are forgiven, through what? The death of His Son, much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I love that. That's the resurrection. We're saved by His life, by His resurrection. In his life. He didn't just die. He died and he rose again. That's power. That's a satisfactory payment where God the Father said, Hey, that's good. you done it. You saved, you saved it. You did it right. Verse 11. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received the reconciliation. God gave it to us as a gift. We receive it by faith, and that's how we have it. We don't have to ask for it. We don't have to beg him for it. The moment we believe we have everlasting life. I want to end with this last thought for you. I hope this will be a blessing to you. You know it said where Jesus died for us while we were still sinning? That's important because, you know, as a Christian, we'll still sin. So it isn't just when we stop sinning, then we get it. He said, while you still sin. So that means that if I'm going to continually sin, that means his love is going to be continually present in my life. And his love is greater than my sin because it was demonstrated on the cross when Jesus died. So no matter what I go through, he's still greater than my sin. And when I place my faith alone in him, he says in John 6, I'll never lose you. Where's that guy who trusted me? He never loses us. He says, I'll never cast you out of my heaven or my family. He says that... The sheep know his voice and we will never, ever perish in hell. He says we're kept by the power of God and our salvation is reserved for us in heaven. All of that is a direct result of being reconciled, being forgiven, because we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. So for you who are Christians, what's your maybe big take-home point tonight? Oh, how he loved you and me. And with his great love for us, it brings about a surrender to him as a believer, a full-on surrender to say, you bring it on, Lord, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. The tribulation is good for me because it's going to make me more persevering. It's going to bring proven character in my life. I'm going to have even more hope as I face the future. Lord, I want to thank you for what you've done. Today, as I look back over when I was saved, I'm getting more understanding of this gift. It wasn't just a bucket that I could put my lures in. It was an entire life, and my life is hid now in you. And I love you, and I want everybody to know about you. For those of you on the other side, I want you to know that all of this is waiting for you the peace, the 24-7 access to God, the very, very fact that you can have hope, the purpose for all your trials, the fact that you'll have the love of God shed abroad always in your life, the fact that you have eternal life and eternal security, it's all waiting for you and you can have it not by works of righteousness, it's by simple faith in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe, he said, if I trust in him, I have eternal life. I believe him. And if I believe him, in a sense, I'm believing in him now. And now I have my sins forgiven and I'm in this and I have all this for me. Home in heaven and a reward waiting for me when I live for Him. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. This passage of Scripture is so rich. It's like a... I can't even explain it. It's like a... Like when you go to one of these restaurants that gives you what they call the kitchen sink and there's like three gallons of ice cream in this thing with everything on top of it and they hand it to you and all we have is a tiny little wooden spoon to eat this with. It's so rich and it's so real. May I implore you as believers in Christ that you go back over this passage. Get yourself a good study Bible. Check out the, um, the references in the margin. Look at some of this stuff. Do some word studies in this thing. Grab a hold of the person of Christ and what it means to have everlasting benefits in Christ. And then because of that, allow all Him and what He's done for us to motivate you to live a life separated unto Him and a life that you go public for Christ and you tell others about Him and you invite them into this life. You tell them about the, quote, Christmas gift that you got and there's Christmas gifts under the tree for Him as well. Those of you that are on the outside of this, I want you to know that, in a sense, Jesus has already paid your sin debt for you and all you've got to do now is to accept the payment Christ made for you on the cross. And you do that by placing your faith in Christ. Wouldn't you want to be at peace with God, the controller of the universe? Who wants to be his enemy? I don't want to be his enemy. It's like, why would you want a policeman to get mad at you? You know, he controls more than we do, including a gun. I want to be at peace with people. But in this case, I want to be at peace with God. And wouldn't you want to be able to talk to God and know that you're right there in his presence with the God of the universe, the God of eternity? And he wants to hear what you have to say. And when you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. wouldn't you want to have the hope that you know that even now it's a rough to do your life but there's going to be essential ticker tape parade for you but that's going to happen in heaven at another time. Wouldn't you want to know that you're on the winning side? Wouldn't you, on the outside of all of this, wouldn't you want to know that God loves you and demonstrated it? He didn't just say, I love you, then doesn't do anything about it. It's like, a friend of yours says, I, I love you, but when you need him, he's not there. He's more than there. He went all the way to the cross for you when you were his enemy, still sinning, helplessly lost, hopelessly lost and, and helpless. Wouldn't you want to have a purpose for your life? At least for the things you're going through to understand, why is all this happening to me? There it is. Make you stronger. Give you better character. And even give you more hope. That's why you're going through all of this. Ultimately for his glory. So what do you do? Simply say, Lord, I'm lost. But you say, if I would place my faith in you, having been justified, declared as if I've never sinned in a sense, by my faith alone in you, that I have eternal life. So Lord, I want to say thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for making it by faith in you alone. And so Lord, by me very much saying thank you, I am now trusting in you that you will never go back on your word and that I too now am saying thank you. I have eternal life because it's all you, not me. And now I'm going to enjoy all these spiritual gifts that you provide for me as one of your children. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone in here today that's ready to place your faith in Christ? Don't put it off. Do it right now. If you do that, I'd like to pray for you. Now, me praying for you won't get you into heaven. I can't pray to help you along on this journey. This is something, you know the truth. It's by faith alone and Christ alone. You have to make the choice. Do it now. And if you do that, then I'm going to pray for you to kind of welcome you into all of this. To help you understand this a little bit. I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to have you do anything that would embarrass you. I'm not going to mention your name in my prayer. I'll just say thank you, and I'll know that you're the one who wanted to have prayer, and then I'll pray for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, is there anyone today that want to enter into an eternal relationship with the Lord to have everlasting benefits because you've trusted in Christ? Would you slip up your hand right now that I'll know that today you're trusting Christ as your Savior? Put it up, put it down, anyone at all. Okay, Christians, you now have a choice to make. These are all facts for you. They are all truths. Now, exult in them. Rejoice in them. Brag about them. Tell others about them. Experience the joy that you have because of these. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the word and that you so much open up this to us to realize there's so much more when we come to faith in you. That, Father, that you do all of this for us so that we can have eternal hope. Access with you to you. Not only peace with you that we're no longer enemies, but we now have access to the peace of you. All of your peace could be our peace. We thank you for that. We thank you that there's now reason for our suffering, reason for our persecution, reason for the things that we go through when we go through these things because of perhaps choices that we've made. And if they've been wrong choices and we're suffering the consequences, your grace and forgiveness will give us a do-over again. And then from those we can learn and have proven character. So Father, I pray that today's message would be unleashing joy in everyone's life.